it really taps us into that power, it taps us into our fears, but also it, it's a highly emotive word. And to our brain, emotions indicate significance. So you know when we're going around gathering information and making notes about the world, if we have a strong emotional reaction to something, that's like a little flag in our brain. Oh, this is significant, we need to wire this in. Welcome back to another episode of Mindset Mastery. Today, we are talking about affirmations how to keep them fun, and how to supercharge them to help us towards our goals. I am diving into this topic with my guest this week, Natalie Stokel, who is a psychologist and author of the book, F-Bomb Affirmations. That title may give you an idea where this conversation is going. So without further ado, let's get to it. Natalie, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. How are you today? Oh, thanks so much, Rachel. I'm really good. I'm really looking forward to chatting today. Very excited to talk all about affirmations with a little bit of a twist, and we will get to that very soon. But first of all, could I get you to tell me a little bit about your background as a psychologist and what kind of work you do? Yeah, sure. So yeah, my academic background is psychology. I've always been super passionate about the way the, the mind and the body connect and how our physiology is so um, interlinked with our mind and our thoughts and how we can use our thoughts to change our physiology. And I'm also really big into woo-woo and I love uh, where the science can really back up the woo-woo. I recently wrote a book called F-Bomb Affirmations, How to Rewire Your Brain and Become the Kick-Ass Human You Were Born to Be. And basically through the book, I help people to manage and change their thoughts so they can really get the fuck out of their own way and start creating the life that they desire. That's awesome. So talking about affirmations, they do sometimes get a bad rap because maybe people go about them the wrong way or it gets boring. You don't feel like doing it every day. Is it even working? Yeah. So talk to me yeah. about affirmations and like how you see them. And then we'll talk about when you started putting swear words in your affirmations, which is a really interesting approach. <laughs> yeah. yeah, cool. So, yeah, I mean, like you said, affirmations do get a bad rap and a lot of people might start trying them and then give up really quickly because basically they're not working. And the way, the, the key here, so basically the theory behind affirmations is that we can, if we can change our thoughts, we can change our life, which of course is true. If we can change our thoughts, we can change our life. So basically our thoughts inform our feelings. Feelings inform our behavior or our actions in the world. Behavior, our actions in the world go on to inform our outcome or results, aka our reality. So yes, literally, we can change our thoughts that can filter down to changing our reality. However, the missing piece is before the thoughts. What is it that comes before the thoughts? Affirmation is just working, often working on the level of changing the thoughts. But before the thoughts, it's the beliefs. The beliefs is what create our thoughts. So if we have a thought and a belief that are quite different, no matter how much we try to change the thought, our brain is just going to call bullshit on it because we've got a belief that's very different from that. So we need to work at changing the belief. And that's how I use affirmations differently. I say I use them to reveal and heal the underlying belief. And then we can go on to change the thoughts, which change our feelings, which change our behaviors, actions, and then that changes our outcome, aka our results. So it's that, that's the missing piece, the, the, the level of the beliefs. Mm. So how do we start to change our beliefs? And I would also say, how do we become aware of them in the first place? Like the really root core beliefs that we have that shape how we act yeah. in the world. How do we start to acknowledge that? And change that sure so a really simple and effective way that I talk about a lot in my book and this is the key to the how you use affirmations is so if we pick something affirmations are great for focusing on things you want to be do and have in your life so your goals your desires so let's pick something you want to be do or have and we create an affirmation around that so do you want to give me do you want, do you want to give me something in your life you want to be do and have Thing. Yeah. Okay. We'll go with uh, business related, say, have a global business. 
Beautiful. Okay. So you want to have a global business. So the affirmation could be, I have a successful global business. So this is on the level of thoughts. So we need to look at what's underneath the beliefs. So a way to use our affirmations to tap into that is we start flipping it. So I'd, we won't go through this now, but you could do this another time to grab a piece of paper and at the top, write the, the affirmation or thought, I have a successful global business. And then we're going to flip it. So we're going to say, I can't have a successful global business because and just blur, let everything come out. Mm. I'm not allowed to have and let everything coming out. I'm not worthy of having and just really letting it flow. And you'll be surprised at some of the stuff that comes out, stuff that's like, I mean, that's ridiculous. Why would I even think that, you know, because it could be like, I'm too short, you know, or something totally ridiculous. There could be some belief in there that it's not rational, but it's, it is that it's at that level of belief. And so that is how we use affirmations to reveal and then to go on to heal that belief. And then we can start filtering down. So when you've revealing it, there's, so that's halfway there or more than halfway there. Then we can start working with affirmations around the level of that belief and then go on to, to umbrella out to the greater desire. Awesome. So when you've got that piece of paper, you've got all the negative beliefs out. What do we do next when we start to work towards that, that goal or that affirmation that we've created? Yeah, definitely. So I see it like like an umbrella. So at the top is the, the the ultimate thing, the successful global business, and then but the things underneath are all the little limiting beliefs. So we we can simply just start by creating affirmations around those beliefs. So if it was, uh, what do you say? I'm too short. You know, I'm the perfect height to have a successful global business. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, so really, you know, so it's like breaking, it's pulling the threads out of that that the threads which are the beliefs which go on to create that thought so it's really pulling each thread and working on it and that really kind of tiny level building that foundation to then go on to change those beliefs and then you can really be much more receptive to the new thought of of truly being successful in that global business does that make sense yeah it does yeah and that brings me to ask you about talking about repetitive thoughts And if we sat down and wrote down all the thoughts that we have every day, a lot of these repetitive thoughts that we have are negative. We've talked about this in previous episodes. There's something like 80 to 90% of the thoughts we have every day are negative. So how can we use repetitive thoughts to our advantage and shape them to be more positive? Yeah, definitely. And also... 95% 95% of our thoughts are the same this year, the same thoughts that we've had before, mm-hmm. no matter positive or mm-hmm. negative, but like it's the same thoughts. Mm-hmm. So I'll just jump a little bit into the um, brain science behind it. So basically, as a species or on a biological level, we're here to survive. Mm-hmm. And that's our kind of purpose. So all parts of our body have a key role in our, ensuring our survival. So the role of our brain is to go around the world to gather information about the world and then to assess it based on is that a threat to our survival or is it a benefit to our survival? So it assesses and then it's going to store, store that information. So our brain is here to protect us and also to predict what's coming based Mm -hmm. on the information we store. And there's two ways of storing the information. So obviously when we learn something new, it'd be really inefficient if we had to learn that each time. Oh, there's fire, it's hot. Oh, there's fire, it's hot. You know, so our brain starts storing this information, makes notes so we can call upon in future situations. And the two main ways, one is it's the information is stored consciously as a memory. So this happened, I saw that, this happened, I remember that. And then the other way which information is stored is deeper than that, underneath the conscious or subconsciously. And this is where it gets stored as a belief. Mm-hmm. And when we have these notes or these memories and these beliefs stored in our brain, our brain likes to also find the proof that this is true. So we have a belief about something, and especially when this relates to the negative thought, this is where we're going, oh, yep, that's true. I'm unworthy. Oh, this happened. Yeah, that's right. It's because mm-hmm. I'm unworthy. So mm-hmm. it's almost like there's a bias in our brain towards proving, especially proving the negative. So, and this is where it's, yeah, the negative thoughts, you can see how that, yeah, they are so repetitive. Mm. And on an, on that neurological level, when neurons fire together, they wire together. So neurons firing together, thoughts happening, the more they happen, 
the, the more they um, fire together, the stronger they're going to wire together. Mm-hmm. So the more often we say something, that becomes like a default pathway in our brain. And on a biological level, this you know makes it easy for us to access that information. Except when it's a negative belief, that's not helpful for us, mm-hmm. you know. So that's when we do need to start becoming aware of that, yeah, and changing, changing the default thoughts. So then we can really start creating or living a life by design rather than a living a life by default. And yeah, this is where affirmations, when you worked on those beliefs, can be so helpful because you're like anything in life, when we learn something new, we need to repeat it, we need to practice it. And so often with personal development, we go on and we learn something, oh yeah, that's so true. You know, we have a transformation, but we forget about the implementation. That's so important. You know, we can't just learn something new and then kind of go on with your life. We really have to implement it in our life and practice it. And that's where affirmations work on that level of helping us with those more positive, repetitive thoughts. Mm, That's awesome. And like you said about the default instead of the design, it's really easy to default back to what we always do. So how much do you need to practice doing these like positive reframing of your thoughts before it starts to become automatic? Oh, that's a tricky one. I mean, I wish I could tell you five days or <laughs> give you a give you a thing. Yeah. On a neuroscience level, they say, they used to say it takes 21 days to change a habit. They've now realized it takes almost three times of that to really change it. Mm-hmm. But so I do believe daily you need, I do believe we need to have a daily discipline of um, thought work. Mm-hmm. But the, where this is problematic, especially with things like affirmations, is it just can get so boring. You know, a lot of the mindset work it can be boring, mm-hmm. but we really need to do it. So the more ways we can engage with it or make it fun or charge it up or have little hacks to make it more effective, then the quicker the quicker it will be in terms of time, hacking that time, because it is it is a discipline. But, I mean, personally, I find discipline such a boring word as well, you know, that turns me off. I don't, I'm not, I'm not want to move towards that. But, yeah, the more we can incorporate it different ways into our daily life, yeah, the, more, the quicker it will be, I believe. Mm. Does it become easier the more that you do it to start to look at things in a more positive way when you're doing these kind of practices? Definitely. And especially when you start to see the results. So a key thing, and that's why working with affirmations daily can be so awesome, especially if you work with them and writing them. So I have a morning journaling practice. I do use your page of affirmations as part of that. And it's the same affirmations that goals I'm working on. And because I do it daily, I can really see one, how I need to change them if they're not working. And two, how they, when they start to lose their charge, Either that means I need to switch it up or actually I don't need that anymore. That is already wired in. That, oh, yeah, well, it's, I've already got that. I already feel that. That's already in me. Mm-hmm. You know, so when you work with them daily, you can really see those effects. And I guess that's reinforcing itself. It makes you want to work with them more. It's that, that feedback that's positive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. So tell me about when you started putting swear words in your affirmations. Yeah, sure. <laughs> So like many of us in the world, and especially those of us who are a woman or who identify as growing up as a woman, we are, I guess, conditioned or socialized by our parents and by society to to be nice, to be nice girls. And nice girls often, you know, can be quite quiet or they don't make a fuss. Often they will think of others, they're kind, they're considerate, they put others before them, which is all beautiful things. But as I grew up in my teens, I started realizing the shadow side of being a nice girl was that often I would put others' needs ahead of my own. It's beautiful to think of others, but it's really important to think of yourself first. And, you know, often nice girls, when they don't speak up, they miss out on things. They, they may not get what they want. They may not even be in touch with what they want because they're thinking of other people over themselves. So yeah, in my teens, I started looking at really assessing this, becoming aware of this and assessing this and wanting to change this and started pulling in different tools. And I soon came to realize, yeah, that the antidote for me, the nice girl, was tapping into my fears and tapping into that power. And I don't mean being a bitch unless uh, the occasion called for it, but just really having that standing in, in my power. And this really came to, I really came to embody this when I became a mother. 
So I, I have two daughters and becoming a mother of daughters as well made me realize that I really didn't want them to be nice girls. Of course, I want them to be nice humans. I just don't want them to have that the weight of a nice girl. And nice girls certainly do not swear. Like, yeah, nice girls don't swear. And there's something so powerful about, about swear words on the level of, especially on the level of our culture as a collective. They, swear words carry so much charge. So when we add a swear word to our affirmations, it's like hacking them. So let's, uh, let's take your example. So I have, a, uh, I have a successful global business versus I have a fucking successful global business. You know, you can just feel the difference in that. You're <laughs> putting that. so much charge in that. Yeah, to totally. feel the energy behind so, that. <laughs> yeah, can't you? And, and that's because this word, there's so much meaning behind this word. And then when I did my psychology, like I love linguistics and neurolinguistics and the power and the meaning we give to words. It can go both ways, negative meaning, positive meaning. But swearing and the word fuck, there's so much behind this word. It can be quite primal. And even as a, what it means on a, you know, a sexual sense, like that isn't the most primal thing you can do to fuck. And it really taps us into that power. It taps us into our fears. But also, it, it's a highly emotive word. And to our brain, emotions indicate significance. So you know when we're going around gathering information and making notes about the world, if we have a strong emotional reaction to something, that's like a little flag in our brain. Oh, this is significant. We need to wire this in. Mm-hmm. So when you're adding that swear word and adding that emotional significance in, oh, it's like a hack. It's helping it wire in quicker because you're indicating to your brain that this is something really significant. So I guess it's like you're hacking your affirmations, but also it lights up multiple parts of your brain, not just the language center. So you're involving more of your brain and your literal rewiring. It also, they've done quite a few studies around swearing. When I, wrote, I, when I started adding a swear word to my affirmations and then realized I wanted to share it with the world and write a book about it, then I was like, okay, I, I should really see if there is some research to back this up. You know, I felt it in my body and I felt it intuitively. But then I did find the research to back it up, which was awesome. So they've done studies when um, there's a significant correlation with people who are honest and swear. So it's like the link between swearing and honesty. And if you think of like a swear word and the word to swear, I swear on my life, it's that Mm -hmm. conviction. It's Mm -hmm. that, that that real power, the real truth, the connection with the truth. So there's that collective uh, energy behind the word of truth and integrity. Mm-hmm. They've also done studies where like people who, when they're lifting weights, people who swear is lifting weights, get it for 20% gain. Like this, there's, there's wow. so much. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. So it really affects us. Just that one little word because of all the emotional charge and the meaning on a collective level behind it, like it really can affect us on that physiological level, which is what I'm so interested in where our, our physiology and our minds and mindset combine it's I think it's a real untapped part of us that we you know we're so in our heads as people and intellect is so valued in our world but we're we're biological beings and the more we can connect and tap into the intellect of our body you know the faster we can I think the faster we can evolve and, and grow as people mm, that is so awesome I love that scientific yeah scientific evidence about that that's Really surprising yeah. with like the 20% gains and, and that's a really physical yeah. thing as well. When we're talking totally. about something mentally, it affects our mm. physical dual bodies as well. Yeah. That's so interesting. Yeah. yeah. Isn't it? Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. So what is the most effective way we can write or form affirmations? Yeah, sure. So when I mentioned before about the, the being, doing and having, so where I like to do every six months, I'll sit down and I'll write down things in my life I want to be, do and have. So I'll include a few that I want to be, do or have in the next month or so. So there might be small things. I'll include a few that are six to 12 months. And then I'll include a couple that are like really big lifetime ones. And I do it across all areas. So maybe personal, like uh, qualities I want to have develop in myself business so business goals relationship goals and also social goals so kind of all quadrants of your life and we do go through phases in our life so one six months it might be a focus on business the next six months might be more of a focus on relationships so basically I'm writing down I want to be brainstorm want to do and want to have and then I will 
pick, I will create my affirmations around those things. Now, I really like, I'm quite visual and I really like to write affirmations. I also really like to listen to them. So I, I create audios to listen to. So it really depends on uh, your learning style. You know, if you're visual, audio, or if you, I don't know the word for feeling, but kinetic where you're into yeah. feeling. Mm-hmm. So for me, I like to write. And I find that really helpful. Um, handwriting, not typing, because, you know, that engages our brain more. Mm. But also I encourage people to, yeah, they could make record a little voice note for themselves. They could, if you're really visual, you could draw, you could draw a picture. So when we create an affirmation, so for you, like, I guess affirmation is like icing on the cake and there's so many ways you can work with it. So again, going back to your global and um, successful business, so if you're a super visual person and a super creative person, you could sit down and bring that affirmation to mind and really feel it and you create an artwork and then you create that artwork, you know, in front of your desk or take a picture of it, have it as a screensaver on your phone. It's like that little anchor. So each time you see that beautiful artwork, which is imbued with all the symbols or the feelings of you having that fucking successful global business, it's like that little anchor. It's going to make you think of it again. So which I guess... Some people see affirmations as quite reductive. You know, I've got to sit there and say my affirmations or write my affirmations, whereas I like to really pull it out and, and work with it in a way that works you works for you. So even though every time you saw your picture, you might not repeat to yourself, I have a fucking successful global business, you might, but you still get that charge of energy. And that as well is the most important thing. We can't just sit there writing our affirmations without the feeling. You know, that's just mm-hmm. using our mind. We really need to bring our body into it. Remember, emotions indicate significance and often emotions originate in the body. So the more we can feel into the feeling of having that thing we want to be, do or have in our life, the, the more it's going to wire into our brain and the more it's going to filter down actually to become reality in our life. I've actually forgotten what your question was. <laughs> but, um, was how do we can use them? Yes. Yeah. How, what the, yeah. Is the most way to use it all? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That was okay. it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so I kind of gave a long answer. But I guess what I'm saying is to work with what works for you. We're all so different. Mm-hmm. And you don't just have to sit there repeating your affirmation as a monotone. There are so many ways you can work with it. But really extending it out from your mind, bring it into your feelings, bring it into your body. And also changing it up. You know, it's got to have that charge. It's got to have some emotion to it. Because it's not going to do anything if there's no charge or no emotion which is why adding the swear word is a really quick way to get that charge and emotion in there as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So really, I guess have fun and play with it. You know, you may even, I just see a, a piano sitting behind you. Maybe you make a song about it. You know, <laughs> or maybe you, or maybe it's not a, a song with words. Maybe it's just a song with the feelings. You know, this song, and you could record mm-hmm. that and then just play that for, you know, the one minute before you go to sleep at night or when you wake up in the morning. That's still working with the affirmation in the broader sense as long as you're, you're working with it as a discipline, horrible word, but you're working with it consistently, working with it a lot. And then just because just I said then about morning and night, working with your affirmations or your thought work or your mindset work can be really awesome to do in those tween times. So the tween times are when your brain, your brain waves are changing. So the, the natural tween times are when we've just woken up or when we're just drifting off to sleep. And then we can create those tween times through breath work or, or meditation. You know, we can start to create those changes. But in terms of getting your affirmations easily into your daily life, if you had a little thing in the morning, you wake up, you know, on your alarm or your phone or the first thing you see is that affirmation or you listen to your beautiful music you created or there's the piece of artwork, your brain is going to be much more receptive to taking that information in, in those tween times. Mm-hmm. Especially if you see it all the time as well like I have you probably see as well sticky notes in my office I got notes everywhere for myself too, like, yeah, yeah. Um, on the screen yeah. of my phone whatever Beautiful. is something I want to be reminded about the most because mm. you know we pick up our phone yes. at least 200 times a day yeah talking about those tween times when you first wake up when you first go to sleep do you think it's really important to have some kind of practice that is not waking up, going straight to social media and being mm-hmm. able to come into the day and also shut off from the day? Definitely. And I, this is something I really struggled with personally. I, I actually charge my phone outside of my room now 
and I make sure I do my morning pages before I even look at it or if I have to look at it I look at it but I don't bring it back to my room <laughs> I go back to room and do my writing or I sit outside and do my writing but I think it's so important especially in this day and age where where we are on our phones so much for work or for socialness or for distraction or numbing out and our phones remember the software of our phones and all the apps they are designed by psychologists who specialize in gambling Mm. and addiction that kind of psychology they want us to stay on there they know the exact time to send us that notification even though when you go in oh that actually came 20 minutes ago but they're only sending it to me now because they know that usually after 15 minutes I get off my phone so they quickly send me notification so I'll stay on it like that they are designed to keep us on there and yes they're amazing things if we use them with consciousness but yeah, totally. Those twin times, putting them on your phone and programming yourself with whatever your phone is showing you is not ideal. But also sometimes the whole morning routine, and again, this is from personal experience, the whole morning routine thing, I just feel a bit of pressure and like, oh God, I'm not a morning person. But your morning routine could be so simple. It could be just sitting up and looking for, you know, 10 seconds at that beautiful picture that's your vision board or something really conscious really small and again at night can be something really small it doesn't have to be this an hour of winding down with lavender and magnesium that's beautiful too but it doesn't have to be that it can just be something small and conscious and as long as it's done yeah super important I usually at night I do my gratitude and I've just started when I just say I call back my power and that feels really good to me and I just imagine all the little ways I've given my power away in that day kind of coming back to me and it's a really nice way to send myself off to sleep I mean that takes seconds and then gratitude mm -hmm. yeah seconds and morning I usually do the writing and so they're quite simple things and my partner has like a almost two-hour morning routine which is crazy <laughs> he gets <laughs> up and does ice baths and breath work and meditation and yeah, for me that's just, I mean it's amazing and hats off to him but that's not for me. So I think any, anything is good as long as it's something. Yeah. Because mm. a lot of people get put off by it because they look at it as it's, oh, this big, long process and I don't have time for it. So then they don't do anything yeah. because it just seems exactly. But like you yeah. said, as long as we just do something for us to bring us into mm. the day and finish off the day, yeah. Yeah, I think that's really important. Totally. Yeah, totally. So important. Yeah. Yeah. And talk to me about gratitude as well. Gratitude is actually the mm. word that I have on my phone because everything oh. comes back to showing gratitude, practicing gratitude at the start and at the end of every day when I remember to do my, my, my practice. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. You, what kind of gratitude practices do you do? Yeah. So I love, it's super important. So gratitude carries with it uh, the emotional signature of something that's already happened. So mm -hmm. I, that's actually one of my affirmation hacks is I would say, I am so grateful for, so you'd say, I'm so grateful for my global successful business. Mm -hmm. So because you're already, you're already in the energy of it's already happened. So for me, I use gratitude. I will go through my daily gratitudes and then I go through my future gratitudes if, it already, if, if I already have them. I'm so grateful mm -hmm. we had that amazing holiday there. I'm so grateful for my new car. I'm so grateful. So it's, and it's, it's tapping into the feeling of how good that is going to feel when we're in it. So often with manifesting or when we think about things you want to be, do and have, sometimes we can accidentally focus on the fact that we don't yet have them. So, oh yeah, I still, my, my global business, oh yeah, but I'm not there. Oh, I've got to do this and that, you know, blah, 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 or whatever. So sometimes the energy or the, yeah, the emotion behind that can be one of lack. So gratitude can really switch that into one of being an abundance of already having it. So yeah, I love to use it as that, yeah, future gratitudes. And also I'd have to take gratitude one step further. So I really like to celebrate things. And I feel like gratitude or celebration is like the, the fire, the, the pinnacle of gratitude, I guess. I'm so happy about this. I'm celebrating. I'm so grateful for this. I'm celebrating it. So I really try to celebrate the things that have happened, but also I celebrate the things that are becoming. And I work with the feelings of celebrating that thing so imagine the party you're going to have 
when you hit the goals that make you feel like you're that global business. I mean, how awesome is that party going to be? That party may just be you with a bottle of bubbles in your undies, or maybe you rent a space and you have balloons and a gorgeous cake. Like it doesn't matter whatever your version of celebration is, mm -hmm. but just to really, when you tap into that feeling, that feels so good. But also when we talk about our future gratitudes, and this is another way I talk about the power of affirmations, is we use affirmations to make the things we want to be, do and have become familiar. Now, remember to our brain, we're assessing the world if things are safe or unsafe, if they're a threat to our survival or not. If we know something, generally it's not a threat to our survival. If we don't know something, generally our brain can see that as a threat. We may want to stay away from that. So at the moment, you, on a level of reality, at the moment, you having a global successful business, it's not familiar yet. So we use our affirmations and the more you can make that familiar, the less your brain will repel it and will start to attract it because it's familiar. You're comfortable with this. Do you know what I mean? So it's, it's, mm -hmm. it's closing that gap and that, you know, the, the gap between where we are and where we want to be. When we close the gap energetically, then physically it, it closes. And using gratitude and using celebration and tapping into the feelings, yeah, and allowing them to become familiar, that's really going to help that energetic gap close. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. And so yeah. that familiarity in a way, mm. is that where when we have fear from thinking about really big goals, is that where some of that fear comes yes. from? Even though we know we want it so totally. badly, but yep. in there holding us back, is that partially because the brain is going, yes. this isn't safe and it, it yep. doesn't have that fear to hold us back? Yeah, definitely. Because it's so often our big goals can be really quite far out of our realms of our everyday life. Mm. And sometimes when it's so far, I mean, one, it can feel unachievable or not possible, but you also, yeah, there's that, the bigger the gap is, the greater the fear, the bigger the gap we feel we have to cross. Yeah, and for our brain, yeah, it's not safe. We haven't been there, that's not safe. We haven't had that experience yet of being globally successful or being a multimillionaire, or for some might be being a mother, or there are so many, it doesn't have to be a massive big thing. It's just something for them that's not familiar. But the, the more, the bigger that gap, the, the harder it is for us to cross and the less, yeah, we're not getting our brain on board. Whereas if we can make it familiar, we are getting our brain on board. And remember our brain, when we think something, our brain physiologically feels like it's experiencing it. Mm -hmm. So, you know, so the more we can tap into that and think and feel into the, how it's amazing it's going to feel when we have that global successful business. Our brain thinks we're experiencing it. So it's becoming familiar. So we're tricking our brain. We're, we're hacking our brain. Yeah, definitely. That, that's huge. Yeah. That fear is really big. Yeah. yeah. I've heard other people talk about the idea of tricking the brain as well. Yeah. Kind of, I guess, neurologically, how do we, like what happens when we trick our brain? Well, I guess the way I see it is we're, yeah, we're hacking it. We are telling our brain I guess we, I feel, the way I see it is we're taking control of our brain and leading our brain rather than letting our brain lead us. Mm -hmm. And so often we just follow along and this is where the, you know, we live a life by default because we're just following along. Our brain is the boss. But when we flip it around and we do the creating a life by design, we're the ones in control. We're the one leading our brain. We're the one consciously looking at those beliefs and changing them and changing our thoughts and changing our feelings. Mm -hmm. So it's really understanding both the power of our brain and also like the simplicity of it like it is it's just here to gather information about the world and assess the world mm -hmm. and everything all the way that our brain functions is perfect and even like a really extreme example so children who've been through a lot of neglect or abuse the way they, their brain learns to deal with it is they dissociate. And that's perfect because they, their brain's removing them from the situation. And that's such a beautiful adaption in that moment. But when they grow up and they're not in that situation anymore, that adaption no longer serves them. So, you know, that's really simple. But then you can see how this is when we need to be in control of our brain. That really served me then brain. But we're going to change it now because I'm not in that situation anymore. And when I'm in a situation of intimacy with someone, Sure, it, it makes, I know you want to go into that dissociation, but we don't need to do that now. Our brain is 
like a computer, it, it has programs, it takes commands, but it will just run itself if we don't step in and start commanding it and changing it and working with it. So working with your brain rather than just kind of sliding along like a passive, a passive experience of it, actually actively and consciously working with your brain. Yeah, there are so many ways, so many ways that we can tap into our brain and our biology, like even the body language stuff, you know, the power pose when you stand, like the Wonder Woman power pose, your feet apart, hands on hips, chest and head up. Mm -hmm. Just have that power pose when we're feeling a bit nervous. Like it can be amazing. It's mm -hmm. changing our physiology. There are so many little hacks like that, that that we can, we do have the power. When we have the knowledge, we do have the power to change things. So I really think it's about... I guess education and knowledge which is why I wrote the book as well because I want people to know that we are we are so powerful we're so powerful as biological beings and the more we can understand the power and how to work with it but the more well the better our lives can be and the better the world can be like we really can make significant changes yeah mm, that's awesome yeah. I love those brain hacks tell me more are there more yeah. about like especially the physiological ones like you just said the the power woman pose you know yeah. we're preparing for something that we do feel nervous just taking a few minutes yeah. to pull ourselves yeah totally what is yeah definitely that well even like breath like working you know we're physiological beings working with our breath so when we are in a state of fear, often our breathing is short, so just slowing down, taking some deep breaths. And there was a study done recently, it only takes six deep, slow breaths to change our physiology. Wow. So that's okay. so simple, it's just breathing. Yeah. But you know, so all, yeah, we can breathe, but also again, we're, physiolo we're physiological beings and we have a stress cycle. And sometimes we don't complete that cycle and that's when we stay in that state of chronic stress and we don't realize mm -hmm. it, it just becomes our natural way of being. But when we have fear or when we have stress, to really release it. So to not shut it down, to feel it. Movement can be amazing. So either exercise, running, some kind of cardio, dance can be amazing. Mm -hmm. So on the, the physiological level, when we have a flight or flight response, we want to run. And by exercising, you're completing that. You are running. Sure, you're not running away from something. But on that physiological level, you're still allowing that to play out, allowing that physiological um, process to play out so something happens at work my boss says some stuff it really stresses me out I go home and I could sit in front of the tv and I could drink a beer and just try and forget about it or I could have a work with my physiology to really help release that stress on that physiological level so maybe I don't think about any stuff that's happened at work but maybe I go for a run or maybe I have a dance Mm -hmm. or even uh, so animals when they've been through stress they will shake they will like, shake their body and it, that helps get the stress hormones it helps process them right. when we cry when we're stressed that the the tears when we've been stressed and we're releasing they actually measure the tears there are hormones in those tears the wow. stress hormones okay. so our body's releasing them that way wow. and i'm sure i don't know but i'm sure it's probably the same for sweat when we've had stress and we run like we are physiological beings we can't just sit in front of the telly and numb our feelings I mean we can but in terms of our long-term health mm. and our well-being we we I think we we forget that we're heads attached to a body like oh, there's so mm. much power in our physiology and orgasm like that's major physiological process mm. and the endorphins and things that are released when we have an orgasm but also just when we skin to skin with someone so hugging someone skin to skin so that oxytocin is released. And that's why they say, you know, when babies are born, not to dress them, not to dress, but to have as much time as you can, like a week or more with your baby skin to skin. Because mm -hmm. that oxytocin, uh, which is the bonding hormone, and even on the breastfeeding level, the milk will come quicker, it will make it easier for the baby. Mm. But we're, yeah, we're physiological beings. And I'm sure in so many years' time, the science is going to catch up around all the, the hormones, the endorphins, everything else they actually do. Also, when we exercise, our one of the endorphins that's created in our brain is called brain-derived neurotropic factor, and it encourages the growth of new neurons. So, for example, you know, that can be exercising can be a great time to rewire your brain. Mm -hmm. And often when you're exercising, that's the time when you came up with the ideas or get the kind of things that feel like downloads. And mm -hmm. it's because new, new things are firing. It's encouraging that neural growth. Yeah, mm -hmm. we, there's so much power in our physiology, so much power. And mm -hmm. you know, if we were taught it in schools or 
it was encouraged more we would you know things could be quite different for a lot of us Mm, yeah I think a lot of us go around disconnecting our mind from our body like you said and treating it totally separate things when it is all you know interlinked together and I find all the time when I get brain fatigued from doing work and creating if I go for a walk or especially if I take that time I go to the gym when I come back I have all this obviously energy from working out but Mm. more creativity I feel totally refueled and the stuff that comes out after that is so much better than if I just kept sitting at the desk and plodding through trying to get the work done. Totally. Yeah. And they've also, they've done studies where when you are focusing or concentrating on something really hard, you can almost feel it in your brain. Like mm. oh, I'm really working on this or understanding this. So what's happening then is your brain is kind of flagging and making notes but the actual rewiring doesn't happen until we've left that situation, until we're in a state of relaxation. Mm-hmm. So we walk away, we do something else, we take a shower. So that's why it is so important to have that balance. The physiological processes that are happening involve that balance, involve the rest, involve the, you know, the time out, the getting away, just so that can actually happen in the brain, the, neur- the neurons can grow. Which again, why sleep is so important, like so much stuff happens on so many levels when we're sleeping to all our organs, but also to our brain, yeah. Mm. this is a very random question that I just thought of when you said that I don't know if this is even related (laughs) or if you can answer this for me but just for my own curiosity when we dream when we're asleep there's still a lot of like questions around the the process of dreaming and what it does but is this a way of our brain growing and forming those different connections and processing everything that has happened throughout the day or that is happening in our lives Definitely. And I think that, like you said, there's so many different theories around dreaming and that's definitely one because of how sometimes you have those dreams and it gets this from that, the random things. Mm. I think also dreams are our way of making sense of things on a level that's deeper than our conscious. Mm-hmm. And I also feel, I'm going to go, go dive into the word we're here, but I also feel that our dreams are ways that we can receive Uh, messages that we may not receive in other ways Mm -hmm. I don't know where those messages come from maybe it's a higher part of ourself or that part of ourself which we find really hard to consciously access because Mm -hmm. uh, we get in our own way Mm -hmm. yeah I think dreams are so powerful there's so many potentially so many messages in dreams when we start looking into them and even if it, I mean it could just be our body giving us a message your stress slow down it could be our intuition you know, that day something came up we didn't we felt it but we didn't take note of the intuitive hit and we dream about it and it's like, oh yeah actually that person is not right for me to connect with right now that's right it's mm-hmm. I guess another layer of working our bodies and our minds can work without us pushing us out the way and just kind of doing the work on that level, I guess. Yeah. That's a good question though. I'm sorry. I can't completely answer it. Yeah, no, that's awesome. Cause there's, yeah, so many different theories around that. Yeah. Maybe one day we'll know yeah. what really goes on. When yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. yeah. Also, I'm wondering about daydreaming as in when it feels like your brain just needs to take a break and you notice yourself just kind of dazing out of what you were doing or you might be reading a book and you're really not taking in what the words are saying anymore and you get to the end of the paragraph and you have no idea what it said. Is that the, a way of the brain actually taking a break because it feels overloaded? Yeah, totally. Like we said, the break times when the brain almost does its work, I think because we're giving our brains less opportunities to have that time I think we probably need it more now like even in the olden days you know before our phones when you go to meet a friend like you just sit there and you people watch mm. maybe you might have a book or a notepad with you but generally you just sit there and you people watch and your brain would just you wouldn't really be consciously thinking of much you know just be that beautiful space of that kind of happeningness where if we don't have much opportunity for that now the one time that we do have that opportunity and that I'm sure you relate or a lot of people relate to this is in the shower mm-hmm. and how many good ideas you have in the Absolutely. shower you know? <laughs> yeah yeah you know you're not on your phone you're in a state of pleasure you're relaxed you're not distracted and it's just your brain's like ah, breathing out and just yeah letting go so yeah that tuning out is so necessary for our brain and we really need to, in the same way we need more rest there's so much focus on hustle 
Mm. Rest is so much more important. Yeah, that that time to rest, to gather our energy, to rejuvenate, yeah, is so important. And I think mm. the same goes for our brain. We, you know, the busier we are in this world and the more glorified being busy is, the harder it is to find the time for that. So we just got to take longer showers, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I think the word busy has kind of become somewhat of a status symbol. We're busy all the time. It means we're achieving, we're successful, but it yeah. kind of becomes a case of quantity over quality of the work that we're doing, mm. whereas we could pump out a lot of stuff, whatever that may be, but it doesn't necessarily come with a lot of quality or like the work that we would really, that would really give value to us and other people so taking time to rest would you say that Mm. makes that would just make our work so much like have much more quality and more value when we just pushing our brains to the limit all the time gosh yeah and there's almost like and I've been really interested in this recently but the balance between our internal masculine and our internal feminine Mm -hmm. and I guess the masculine is the, the focus, the force, the feminine is more the receptivity and the both are important. You've got to focus, but you've got to be receptive to receive what you've been focusing on. And then everything has a shadow side. And to me, the shadow side of the masculine is not stopping, is just keep mm-hmm. going. And the shadow side of the feminine could be the opposite of that, not doing anything. And so and it is that balance and both are so important, that drive, that force and moving forward, but also the stillness, the listening, the being open and being receptive. Yeah, the world is so imbalanced at the moment in so many ways, mm-hmm. but the more we can imbalance our own internal feminine and masculine and be aware of that, you know, imagine if we all did that, the world would be quite different. Mm, absolutely. So mm. going back to affirmations, I think that is yeah. also a really good time just to bring it back and listen to ourselves and take that mm slow time if we do this in the morning and the night I guess that would be ideal but looking at that in kind of like a meditation way as well just taking a few minutes to be in touch with ourselves beautiful yeah Yeah. how beneficial is that just to start the day ah yeah so good so good again I think people get turned off because they think they've got to sit there for an hour Mm. but you could just sit there for your six breaths that's all you can manage or you could sit there for three minutes uh, you could do guided meditations that are super short. You know, it's, yeah, it's so, yeah, that's slowing down and being, not doing. Remember, we're human beings. Beingness is so mm-hmm. important. Mm-hmm. Yeah, awesome. So yeah. I just want to recap on a few of those things that you talked about earlier about ways to incorporate affirmations yeah. into our daily lives. Can you yeah. take me through that list again of like what are some fun ways that we can incorporate yeah. them that's not just sitting there and writing and saying them in a monotone yeah, yeah. definitely yeah. so some of my favorite ways are I love to get a chalkboard marker and to write on my mirrors or my windows so mirrors are great especially if you've got a bathroom mirror just because often we'll be there a couple of times a day when we're doing our teeth at least mm-hmm. so just have the affirmation there so when we can link uh, so it's called, I forget what the technical term is, habit stacking or something like that. When we can link something new to something we already do, we're much more successful at, at uh, incorporating and implementing that new thing. So doing your teeth is a great way. And if you've got your affirmation written on the mirror or your, if, if you're in a shared house, you can always do symbols for your affirmations. You know, so for you, could you have a little picture of the world and that symbolizes your global business? And so you have a symbol, but each time you clean your teeth, you're feeling into that affirmation and also saying it but really feeling it another one another writing way is post-it notes and, and they're just like those little reminders so you can have them yeah on your like light switches inside mm-hmm. your fridge just like fun unexpected places in your car when you pull down the, the sun visor thing or on your steering wheel just little again the affirmation or the reminder it can be the full affirmation or it could just be the symbol or the reminder so yours could be yeah global successful business or the picture mm-hmm. of the world it doesn't have to be the whole full affirmation but just that little anchor that reminder yeah listening is really great so i create affirmation audios as well so listening is really good because it's you listen with headphones and listening with headphones is another way of like hacking your brain so you know when you listen to something with headphones with two headphones you feel like it's in your head it feels mm-hmm. like it's in your thoughts yeah so yeah listening can be really good and also listening you can 
just put them on and listen as you drift off to sleep as well. Mm -hmm. Just going in in that really subtle level. Yeah, linking linking with a an activity, a habit or activity you already do. So you like the teeth or when you sit down at dinner or each time you open your car door. So at the moment, my one with my car, every time I get in my car, I'm just like, oh my God, I cannot wait for my new car. Oh, it's going to be so nice driving my new car, mm-hmm. you know? So I've linked that with that and I go in my car a lot. So there are lots of things you can do. Each time you open up your laptop, you can be like, oh my goodness, my global successful business, you know, like there's yeah. so many little things you can do, little reminders. Like we said, creating artwork to anchor that in but also buying an anchor buying something that symbolizes that it doesn't have to be expensive but it could be like a mug you always drink out of or a beautiful glass or for you maybe I don't know, a symbol of a global successful business maybe I mean, at the moment we're not traveling but maybe you buy a beautiful travel tag and have mm-hmm. that near your bed because that's what, when you're traveling around the world for your business with different speaking mm-hmm. engagements or whatever this is you're going to be having beautiful beautiful cases it can be something symbolic mm-hmm. that is from that affirmation or from the, the future you that already has that mm-hmm. so it's almost like they're giving you that to, as a symbol hold on to this you're going to make it there mm-hmm. but then also yeah of course the most fun way is adding a swear word really mm-hmm. charging up your affirmations with a swear word it doesn't have if you are triggered by swearing it could be another power word that's just got a lot of energy you know you could say i have a freaking successful global business for me that hasn't gotten a much char- as much charge as fucking but in, any word that brings that emotion to it is good mm-hmm. i just think swear words are the best ones because they are so yeah. emotive <laughs> and they do have that collective meaning and energy behind it so yeah making it fun and it does. I think it's really hard not to smile or not to kind of feel good when you say it because it, it really taps into that fierce and that, oh, yeah, this is going to feel fucking awesome when I have this. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. That's awesome. I love that. Using swear words for power and bringing it into the now. I think that's two really, yeah. really good strategies to yeah. form really powerful affirmations. Yep. That's awesome. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Natalie, what would you say is your biggest message that you want to get into the world? That we are so powerful and the more you can clear your blocks that are in your way or the more you can get the fuck out of your own way, the more you can tap into that power. And everyone has it. We're all equally powerful. You know, we're not broken beings in any way. We've been told by the culture that we're broken uh, because basically they want to sell to us the things that will fix us but we are whole and powerful beings and the more we can believe into that and tap into that the, the greater the world will be that's awesome I really love that statement thank you so much for coming <laughs> on the show it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you oh thank you so much Rachel I really enjoyed um, chatting if anyone wants to reach out on Instagram. I love, you know, chatting all things affirmations. Uh, Please feel free. And of course my book and I've got a course coming up as well. If anyone wants to dive into F-bomb affirmations. That's awesome. I will definitely put a link to those things in the show notes. Thank you so much. Thanks, Rachel. Thank you so much. If you would like to get your own copy of Natalie's book, check out the link in the show notes. If you enjoyed the episode, please share it with one person who you think would also benefit from what we talked about. I hope you have a wonderful day. And remember, we are only limited by what we believe we are limited.